What's going on, Bench Warmers? This is the Far End of the Bench Podcast, episode 18. We're on the Peyton Manning episode now, man. It's a great episode. Be sure to follow us at Pod on Instagram, Twitter, um, Facebook. Jimmy posts all our stuff on Facebook, too. We have a TikTok. Yeah, we have a TikTok. Go follow us on there, man. We also have the link tree in our bios that you can watch. Um, click on all the stuff. It's All the stuff is there. We also have the Fanatics deal, too. Go get you some merch. You'll hear that out a little bit later. But uh, a lot of great stuff this episode. Talk about football. Talk a little bit about basketball hype, too. I know you know I'm hyped about that, man. But a lot of Christmas movies, too, man. It's I got my Santa hat on. We got the Christmas tree in the background. We have Santa um, fishing, too, in the back. Man, you are, it's a great episode. You won't want to miss it. Be sure to check um, the episode on YouTube as well if you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple, whatever it may be. And then check out Jimmy and I recently. We're on the Air Raid Attack podcast and i went on the reserves too so so many great content we have a lot of stuff coming for you but without further ado jamie let's get into this episode yeah i mean i, I think we scrooge is a better christmas movie than elf right? man it's buddy the elf though <laughs> Bench warmers, what's up? The center of attention this week. It's uh, not necessarily sports related. It came out last weekend. I, I retweeted it towards Thursday, I think it was. Hayden Hurst, uh, former first round tight end pick, former MLB baseball player. I think he pitched, might have pitched in the Rockies organization, but he was a pitcher in the MLB for a while. Uh, the Falcons really recently released a video of him talking about some mental health struggles, and I thought it was an important thing to take note of because he is a professional athlete and he has been so successful, but he still was able to be vulnerable and take the time to understand that his story might be able to help some other people. So I just wanted to bring light into that. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend going and watching it yourself. It's a great piece. Hayden Hurst opens up a lot, and I think the more that we see this happening, the better our situation in the country will be, no matter what other things you believe, as long as we're there to help each other and everybody knows that they can reach out for help when they need it, I think the world is going to be a better place. So that's what I wanted to leave you guys with this week, Benchwarmers. Let's get into this episode. What's going on, Benchwarmers, man? It was a great piece. I mean, I highly, highly recommend you guys going back and watching that. I mean, I brought a tear to my eye like most things usually do, but either way, man, mental health is a very, very important thing nowadays, especially in the world we live in. So I highly recommend going back to watch that. But let's get back to the lighter side. I got my Santa hat on. We got Santa fishing over here. We got the tree in the back too, man. Yeah, there you go. There's a reef. You guys can't see it, but there's a reef right opposite of me. It's it, We're in the spirit, man. Yeah. We are in the spirit, and what better way to name our top Christmas movies. There we go. I mean, I got my I got my Christmas present I gave to myself. Thank you very much for that. Go to the Fanatics link. Uh, you'll hear about it a little bit later in the episode, but I got this. I, it's a Tommy Hilfiger pullover. That's, it's Tommy, I didn't know Tommy Hilfiger yeah, yeah, did, did football stuff. So it, it's some sort of partnership that they have, but this is a really nice sweatshirt that I got for like 50 bucks because yeah. they have promo codes running all the time. Of course, and I got my Drew Locke jersey that I got Fanatics too. Yeah, he had a good game. So I'm going to give him a little bit of love. I have a 30 
Philip Lindsay Bloom and I have Drew Locke one, so no, it's not a repeat. Don't come at me like that. It's not, not a repeat. repeat. I did not a repeat. Well, let's start. We have very, very, very similar lists. Yeah, we have a pretty easy taste in movies, I think. So I, I'll i start with my top four, and then I'll let you tell me what your top four is, but I'm going to go in order. So what, one, two, three, four, in, in this order, okay? So number one, easy Christmas vacation. Christmas National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Mm-hmm. Every single time, this time of the year, I have to turn on because it's always good laughs. Always, yeah. always good laughs. Cheap, lying, no good, rotten. Yeah, yeah. No, you, no, you get a subscription to the Jelly of the Month Club for that. Exactly. Number two, Home Alone. Home Alone is always a classic, man. The first one or the second one? I like both of them, but I'm going to go the first one just because it's the original. I like the originals. I, that's the same way with me and the Mighty Ducks. Okay. I'm an original I type of you, guy. I so I like I like one just because of the nostalgia to it, but I think two is more of a Christmas movie necessarily. But either way, they're all great movies. So Home Alone's there. Uh, number three, I have The Grinch just because it's a classic. It's an absolute classic. And you can't go month of December without watching that movie. Yeah. You just can't do that. And then finally, my one of my favorite childhood movies, and that's Elf. Elf with, with Will. I love all Will Ferrell movies, man. Elf is one of my, in my opinion, one of Will Ferrell's best movies. It's not one of the funniest because he has some really raunchy movies yeah. that are hilarious. Yeah. But Elf is one of the kid, most kid-friendly, fun, fun-loving family movies, especially during Christmas time, in my opinion. Yeah, it's funny you bring up Elf because I just watched Wedding Crashers over the weekend and seeing Will Ferrell in Wedding Crashers and then thinking about him as buddy, buddy the Elf. That's a little bit interesting. Uh, we're also, I, mean, I brought in... I looked up this morning when we were talking about doing this, the top list of Christmas movies ranked in order. So I have all of the rankings for the movies that you picked. Home Alone uh, is ranked 51st of all time. So that's, that's, that's a little tough. bit low, that's a little bit tough. low. Not, not a lot of love shown to Kevin McAllister, Macaulay Culkin. It, there you go, shout out Macaulay Culkin. I didn't really think that we'd ever get a reference to him on the, this podcast. Uh, National Lampoon's Vacation is 55th all time. That's just ridiculous. I don't, that's don't agree with that one. Uh, Grinch is sixth, but I think they're talking about the cartoon Grinch, not the Jim Carrey one. So I don't know. You, you, like you can't go wrong either way. Yeah. It's a Grinch, but I like the like the live action. So I'm, I'm not gonna tell you the you you had your Elf as the last one. Elf is 31st of all time. El, Elf is a great movie, but it should not be above um, Christmas Vacation. I, I, I could argue above Home Alone over Home Alone, but not over Christmas Vacation. Yeah. Uh, I think that's probably fair. My, fr- I'll go my top four because we do have one that's different, and that's where we might have to put out another poll to see if yeah. who, who agrees with who. It's a little bit out there for me because, especially, I'm not a part of the generation that this movie came out. But Scrooged with okay. Bill Murray, it's the the um, tale of Christmas, Ghost of Christmas Past story, the Scrooge McDuck story. But it's Bill Murray as a TV executive. And Bill Murray in the 80s, you can't go wrong with any of his movies. Caddyshack, Ghostbusters, yeah. Stripes. I love Stripes, but I'm also, like, I, I'm a product of my parents. Just not changing their movie taste. That's why I love Christmas Vacation, too. Oh, I, I don't hate that at all. Bill Murray is, a, is one of my favorite actors, too, man. He's had so many classic movies. And we didn't give him any love during Halloween. We didn't give him any love in Zombieland. He's the best yeah. part of that movie. I don't don't necessarily care for that movie, but him him in it is pretty funny. I don't hate Zombieland. I, th- I love Woody Harrelson. So yeah, that's, that's I like why, Woody, that's, too. That's why I don't hate it. So I just don't like Jesse Eisenberg, so oh, that's, that's probably... You just, you just don't He like ruins it. a lot of movies that I try to like, you know, okay, like Justice League. Okay, that, 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 we'll not talk about that. That's yeah. just a tough movie. We'll, we'll talk about uh, superhero movies at some other point. But there's our top Christmas movies. Tell us whether you agree with Nico's list with Elf or my list with Scrooge, because that's the only place where we differ. But I think it's... that's a, 
I love Christmas movies. You can't go wrong yeah. at all with any of these. I, like, shout out honorable mention to the Santa Claus series because Santa yes. Claus is a lot of fun to watch. Um, and then I like I put on mine Home Alone two. I'll just count that we have the same one because Home Alone. But the living at the Plaza Hotel and having a large cheese pizza just to myself in the back of a limo was one of my dreams for a long time growing up. A lot longer than I care to admit. Yeah, the one honorable mention I'll have too is the Don, the. the Donald Duck's Mr. Scrooge. Yeah. Um, the the cartoon thing I always love watching that and like Mickey's Twenty Five Days of Christmas or whatever. I love watching that as a kid. And so I'll probably throw it on coming coming days. So we might we just have to mention the uh, Rudolph the claymation old one. Yeah. Neither of us had it on our list, but it is. It I is. do throw it on every now and then when it's on because it's a classic. You gotta watch it once a year. Yeah. It's right now. Unfortunately, it's it's one of those movies where it's kind of the background because there's been so many remakes. But mm-hmm. it's an all time classic for sure. Yeah, I love the the old old school claymation animation that they did. Now let's get into some sports because this is a we had a big sports weekend. A couple conference yeah, championships are set in college football. We'll uh, talk more about college football coming up in a couple weeks. We're well, let's just get this out of the way. We're going to be podcasted out after the, this next week and a half because we're trying to get some time off for the holidays, spend with our families. But that means we're going to have to record like three or four shows in two or three days. Yeah, we had a lot to record, and then also we did go on some other podcasts too last week. So we we recorded like no other. Yeah, man. if you want to go back and listen to those, I went on the reserves podcast. If you don't think we talked about basketball enough, you can go listen to my rant over there. Yeah, um, and then Jimmy went on Air Raid Attack, which is a lot of great football talk, and then he went on Time to BS as well. Yeah, there's a, we've been going going at this like it's a job. It's not a job yet, but we're trying to get there. Almost there. So I, we'll start in college football. I wanted to talk about BYU first because we mentioned BYU a couple weeks ago. I said you can't say we'll play anybody, any place, anywhere, and then turn down an offer to play a Pac-12 school. It's just you can't do that. So I had some mixed feelings about them. And then coming into this weekend against Coastal Carolina, this was a game that was actually set, I think, five days in advance. They didn't have this on the schedule at all at first, but both teams teams needed needed a game. They both needed an opponent, so BYU seeing Coastal Carolina, a little lowly, what we thought was lowly Coastal Carolina sitting out there, uh, and they wanted to go out and get an easy victory. Joke's on them, they lose 22-17, had a chance to uh, score at the end to take the lead, but they weren't able to do it. But BYU, you know, they talked a lot of shit about not being the college football playoff rankings in the top four. What do you think this does to them? moving forward and let's let's look at coastal carolina as well because i think it's big for them it's, it's huge for that coastal carolina school i mean not many people pay attention to coastal carolina unless you're a fan of the pat mcafee show because pat mcafee loves betting on them yeah. um, so that's the basically the only recognition they get plus also they have a green field so that's another added thing to it but um the byu team man this they have heard the chances of a lot of teams i'm mm-hmm. gonna tell you right now by losing to coastal carolina it just proves the point even more that the big top five conferences, the best teams are always from there. And that a lower conference team is going to have to struggle to get into a top four seat. It's, it, it's, it's going to have to be, they're going to have to take a lot to get into a top four seat now. Yeah, I don't see that. BYU actually, won't get in. No. But now if you're looking at a team like Cincinnati, the, the, um, the, the committee is going to look at it like, well, the, I mean, yeah, they went undefeated, but still they didn't play the competition. And that's exactly what BYU just, um, showed on Saturday was that they didn't play competition and now Coastal Carolina is a halfway decent school. They were ranked at one point. They, and you they just, still are. You just fumbled the back. Yeah, Coastal Carolina moved up from 18. They were 18 going into the matchup. Now they're 11. I'll agree with you that BYU's out, but I think BYU is going to be out for the same reason Notre Dame is normally out. 
because they were an independent, didn't have a conference this year. Mm-hmm. So you get to schedule whoever you want on this put whoever you want to put on the schedule. You get to do, and a lot of times you go for the Sisters of the Poor to inflate your record. Um, I don't. I think this actually bodes better for the group of five teams on the outside looking in because now we'll talk about. We'll just mention it. SEC championship is set. It's going to be Alabama, Florida. Uh, you're hoping that. Florida can upset Alabama, and, and you're hoping for an upset in ACC championship as well. But that's where the group of five comes in. So I do think that – I don't think that BYU losing hurts Cincinnati as much as possibly being able to yeah, have the, two SEC and the, two the ACC. The way I see it, Cincinnati almost needs Alabama to win. This is, this is how I see it. Because if Florida wins, Florida will be into the top four. Yeah. Alabama, if they lose, they're still an argument they should be in the top four. That, that takes two spots away, and Cincinnati's not going to be there. What they need is Alabama to win. They also need Clemson to lose their name again. And, and probably Ohio State to and lose. Probably the Ohio Big State Ten. lose to the Big Ten game or Big Ten championship or lose to Michigan, either one or two. Mm-hmm. They need that to happen. They have to have Alabama win out. They can't have the, they have to have Alabama and they have to have Notre Dame to win out. Yeah. They have to have those two top two locked in. Ohio State, if they lose, um, they're still going to be arguing to be made that they should be in there because they have been playing – um, no matter what, and they've been playing their hearts out, and it's just tough. The Big Ten committee is an absolute idiot, so it's not on them that they that they can't schedule as many games. Yeah. So it's it's going to be a tough one. But if Ohio State loses, say to Michigan for some reason, but they still win the Big Ten championship, I still believe they'll get in. But if they go, if they beat Michigan and then lose the Big Ten championship, I don't know how that's going to work out. A, a Big Ten champion Ohio State team should make the playoff no matter what, in my opinion. That, that's kind of I, – I said it backwards. That's kind of – that's what I meant. Alabama and Notre Dame have to win the SEC and ACC um, because then you lose the chance of having double double people in. Yeah. Uh, Ohio State, if they don't have a conference championship, they should not be in the playoff. That's that's my feeling on it. Even if they – and if they're a one-loss conference champion, I would rather have an undefeated conference champion in Cincinnati or Coastal Carolina in instead of a one-loss conference well, champion. We've been talking about Big Ten football being as good as it is, though. And, yeah. Uh, and they did beat, it, beat teams like um, if, they win the, if they win the Big Ten championship necessarily, they'll play Wisconsin or whatever that may be. And, I think it's Indiana or, at this point. No, because Indiana's on the same side as Michigan. Oh. So it would be Wisconsin there on the other side. But um, if they do beat a team like Wisconsin – in the Big Ten Championship, they're 100% in, but their schedule has consisted of good teams. Um, Indiana is a very, very formidable team. They have played great. They, just, they smacked Wisconsin, too, this week. They, they dominated them on both sides of the ball. Ohio State has put has beat every single team you put in front of them. If they lose one game in the Big Ten Championship, um, if that team is a very formidable team, then they still should get in, in my opinion. Yeah, the, uh, they did earn my respect a little bit more this past weekend because they had to play without Ryan Day and then four out of five offensive line starters. So I'll, I will say that, that they've moved themselves up in, in my book to overlook the fact that they've only had five games. Yeah. That was going to be a bigger th- bigger problem, uh, in my opinion, than it is actually going to be now. Uh, elsewhere, we talked about Indiana, but I just wanted to mention his post-game, com- post-game interview, Tom, the head coach. Tom Allen, yeah. yeah, Tom Allen, the coaches, or the players coming over and telling the recruits to come play for this guy. He's the best coach in the country. That's why I think Indiana is going to be in a good position moving forward because uh, Indiana is going to be tough to get those five-star athletes that they're going to have to to be able to compete with Ohio State every year. Mm-hmm. But if you see the other players around the coach that you're possibly going to go and play for saying he's the number one coach on a nationally televised interview, 
that's going to go a lot a long way to possibly build that program. Yeah, so people, I like that. People are going to look at them twice, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. um, the one thing I do want to talk about this weekend is while, we, while we're still on topic, Ohio State is the Ohio State-Michigan game. I had this discussion with um, our past guest, Jeremy Fear, who will be on later later on this month when we p p do a poll, a bowl game episode. So yeah. you'll hear that later on. But talking to him, and I was like, well, what do you think – what happens if Michigan beats Ohio State? Do you think Harbaugh keeps his job? And in my opinion, I say yes. I don't, I, the one thing Michigan fans don't care about, or care about more than anything, excuse me, um, is if they beat Ohio State. If they can lose all the rest of the games and they still beat Ohio State, Jim Harbaugh will still have a job. And that's just the unfortunate thing about it. Do I think they're going to win? No. They're a plus 28 and a half dog right now, which is absolutely insane. I might take that. That's not one of my beats of the week, but that's something that's just absolutely insane. That's crazy thing about it. But if Michigan somehow can pull that upset against Ohio State, um, Harbaugh will secure his job 100%. They won't move on at all, especially if he, he's able to beat Ohio State for the first time. Yeah, it, that would be the big thing because he hasn't been able to do it before. So um, Jim Harbaugh, I said when I went on Air Raid Attack that I think he's going to have a job. He, he's going to finish out this season no matter what just because of everything that went on with the virus and not knowing when or where anybody was going to play. That's He's secured it in this season. But if they lost to Penn State, which they did, and then they didn't get to play against Maryland, but now they lose to Penn State and Ohio State to finish the season, I could see Harbaugh possibly getting canned halfway through next season just because at, the, at that point you've proven that your program is going nowhere with this guy at the head coaching spot. He put it in a lot better place than, I believe, Rich Rod was the last yeah. guy to be at Michigan, so good on him. They got the Jordan sponsorship. But now I think if Harbaugh can't get it done against Ohio State this year and they end up, that would make them 2-5. and five. To end, the, to end the season, losing the bowl game, whatever. Uh, that would be 10 years of not beating Ohio State. Um, so it would be time. It would be the nail in the coffin. Yeah. It will be the nail in the coffin. The coffin's already made. It's already written. It's, it's, just, it's, not, it's yeah. just not closed and it's not nailed down yet. It's kind of so. like the situation in New York with Adam, <laughs> with Adam Gase. Uh, I will save that oh, because man, we probably that's a, have... That's a fun conversation yeah, to have. We, we have anything else. Uh, we want to talk about the SEC and ACC championship. They're not this weekend. Actually, let's talk about Army-Navy because that is this yep. weekend. We'll save the SEC and ACC championship. When they when uh, closer to yeah, that. For, yeah, we'll probably um, for next week's episode. So the Army-Navy game, this is my favorite college football game, uh, especially this time of year because it, it used to be look forward to CU Nebraska at the end of the season. Now I look forward to the Army-Navy game in December. Uh, just grown in tradition, and Army and Navy have been really good the past few years. It's kind of elevated the status of this rivalry, but it's my favorite college football game because, uh, and they say this quote a lot, it's the only game where everybody playing in it would rather, would put would lay their life on the line, and they're prepared to for everybody watching the game. I love it when the service academies play, and this is a big, big matchup for a weekend in college sports where there's not too much else going on, so... Let's talk about Army Navy. Uh, a thing about this game that people are forgetting about: this is going to be one of the most, um, or or currently attended games we'll ever see. Mm -hmm. Like we we've seen in a very long time, just because the situation went in. Uh, both those academies, I believe, are still sending people, and you'll still see. 
those cadets still there. That's just going to be another aspect to it because that's so much fun to watch. Yeah. I remember I, we, I have a close friend Carter who um, went to Army who, who's been to that game. He he was at that game where it was an absolute blizzard. Mm-hmm. And that blizzard game was it was one to remember, man. Uh, that was probably I think that's the last time that I or not the last time, but that was one that I really remembered in the light blue jerseys for Navy. Yep, and it was just one of those games to remember. Absolute snow blizzard. They play in the Raven Stadium usually, and it's always yep. it's always. Uh, game you have to throw on doesn't matter if you're an army side you're a navy side whatever it may be um it's a game that this country should always have on it's a game that you watch all the pre-game festivities for as well because they sing america the beautiful and then they do the national anthem and then after the game uh and it's it's why they play this game because most of these guys aren't going to the nfl they're not going to get a shot at the next level they're going to play out their college career and then go serve in in the military um but if you win the game, you get to sing your fight song last. And that's what everybody plays this game for. And uh, this is another one where I think if Army and Navy lost all their games but beat the other school, they'd be happy. They just exactly. want to beat this – is, this is a time where you just want to beat the rival and that's all you care about. Because Navy coming into this game is 3-6. and six. I'll give them a lot of credit because they've been playing for a lot longer than some of the other schools. Yeah. Army's 7-2. Army's kind of been – I think Navy, I think Army's won the last four or five – Games, yeah, for a time it was Navy for a lot for a, like it was Navy. The Navy, game Navy, that you were talking about, the Blizzard, was the first time Army won in fifteen over years. There. I think Army's won the last three or four mm-hmm. since then. So that's good. It's a good, great game, and it's uh, especially for some of the feelings that's around the country. This is a time where we can all turn on something and, and maybe have a vested interest all in the same direction. Whoever you want to win, I'm more of a Navy guy because I have family who went to the Naval Academy. You had, I know Carter yeah, went to the Army. Yeah, I, I have some friends who went to the Army, mm-hmm. so I'll say that. I'm more of an Air Force guy, too, because I have some friends over there, too. But Air Force isn't as big as Army or Navy. But Yeah, but, so that's a big big thing going on in college football. Like I said, we'll talk about the conference championships that were set next week uh, or for next week's episode. Let's talk about some NBA because there was a big trade that happened. Hype me up, Jimmy. Yeah, here we Hype go. me up, I'm, Jimmy. I'm bringing up the NBA on the podcast. Let's, let's throw that out there first. But there was a huge trade that happened after we recorded last first week. First of all, let me let me cut you off real quick because I literally saw this as you were on the drive over here. But Bull Bull, if you watched uh, yeah. his highlights today, oh, my word, have mercy. He could be an absolute stud. He did. I he looked, can't yeah, I wait. saw that before I left, too. I he like, looks Ooh. like an absolute animal, Ooh. man. The dude's seven foot two, and he's moving like Kevin Durant. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. If he turns into a stud, hype me up, bro. That's, that's going to be nuts. That's a good comparison because I was like, why does it? I've, I've, know, I've seen a body that long move that way before. What is it? It's, it's not on the same he's level. Not it's not it's level. Not, but he could be. Like, yeah. he got to get a little bit stronger, but he could be. So, I, Bull Bull's impressing early on. And, and then RJ, RJ threw yeah. him the lob to, yeah. off, off to MPJ. There you oh go. My You're God. keeping me up to date on all the oh stuff because you keep retweeting it. Follow <laughs> us on Twitter at FEOTVPod. We live tweet games, but we also uh, we, we like to give our opinion and give our love to our local Denver teams. I know I'm wearing a Bengals, Bengals shirt, but we are in the middle of Broncos country and, and Nugget Nation and uh, Avalanche country. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Avalanche because uh, – They've been they've been making some making some pretty big moves in the offseason. Yeah, but the, the, the holy, hopefully Gary Bettman, you get your shit together and can please give us hockey. Going. Please give us hockey. And then we're not talking about that fourth team yet until someone gets fired. So we'll wait on that. Yeah, that guy, <laughs> Jesus, that that was bad. Uh, but let's talk about the other thing, big thing that happened in the NBA. Russell Westbrook, after we recorded last week, was traded to Washington, mm-hmm. moving John Wall to Houston to now team up with Boogie. I would say James Harden, but I saw today James Harden hasn't showed up for camp. Uh, but Russ to Washington, what do you think about that move? 
uh, for both sides because John Wall getting moving to Houston is probably good for him. But what, is, what do you think Russ brings to Washington that uh, John Wall Well, I, So I, I talked about this a little bit on the reserves, but John Wall is one of the most underrated point guards people forget about. He was a top five point guard at one point, man. The dude could get up and down the floor like no other. And he was doing the John Wall dance, man. He was having fun. And now that he's repaired with Boogie, yeah, Harden's still there, but that opens things a lot more because John Wall and, and Boogie there – familiarity with each other will have more offense and this team will actually be fun to watch yeah. I last year I could not stand watching Houston Rockets basketball because it was Russell Westbrook dribbling up the court go one on one James Harden go one on one maybe throw it to PJ Tucker for a corner three but that's about it one on one ball and that's just not fun basketball to watch now John Wall Boogie, Boogie Cousins might have a two man game so that might be a lot of fun um, on the other side of that Russ going to Washington, I think people are sleeping on this move a little bit. In my opinion, I think the Wizards are a playoff team now in the East. The East is a very easier conference to get into the top eight, mm-hmm. unlike the West where it's just the West murder's row. Killers, yeah. it's murder's row. Um, but the East, they can squeeze into that eight seed because people are sleeping on Rui Hachimura's out of Gonzaga's uh, season last year. He had an up-and-down season, but he showed a lot of good potential. Who knows what this... Um, Israeli guy, too, Avicii might do. Their number eight pick, he could be a solid three. So you're looking at a starting lineup of Russ, Bradley Beal, Avicii, Rui Hachimura, and Thomas Bryant. Thomas Bryant is a formidable center, too. He can get you rebounds, but that's a team, in my opinion, makes makes the playoffs in the East. Is Joel still on the Sixers? Embiid? Yeah. He's on the Sixers still, yeah. So, that, I, oh, wait, never mind. We're yeah, talking yeah, about the Wizards. Yeah. We were talking about the Wizards. I know, I know. <laughs> I'm, trying. I'm trying. I'm we're, trying. We're, we're going to get you up to fire, I'm, I promise. I'm doing my best. Yeah, but be on the little, lookout for the NBA show coming to the next. Yeah, we'll, we'll have a better name. I promise we're yeah. still in the works of doing that. But but we'll have a show, too, monthly on that. But, yeah, well, Jenny will be um, probably moderating that, too. So, we're going to be looking out for that. Lots we, of dumb questions for guys who know their shit about basketball. We all know our shit, and, and I'm, I'm a little worried. But the first game, first episode might be a little shaky, but I trust Jimmy. He'll, he, he knows how to do his uh, studying up. So, that, they're, um, so now let's go to back to the Rockets because the I want to talk about the Harden situation. Uh, at what point, because I think, I think part of it is that Houston probably doesn't want to leave, let him go. At what point, as an organization, do you think it's just time to say, "Hey, this guy doesn't want, obviously doesn't want to be here. Let's go ahead and maximize our value at this point. Get him traded. Get him out of here." Yeah. So there's rumors out there saying that Harden and Russ did not want to play together. But I don't know how well those were true. Because if you remember, the one thing about NBA players that you got to realize is there's there's three steps to every single time there's a trade rumor coming out. First one is deny it. Second one is have your agent deny it. Third one is post a cryptic video on Instagram Live or YouTube or, or whatever it may be. And James Harden, if you remember, took a cap off a water bottle and put it on the ground when all the trade rumors came out. So I don't know if it was no cap or if it was cap and just, just making everyone speculate and lose their mind. This, so either way, him yeah. not reporting, though, this is leave. very, very worrisome. This now, it's, it's, it's intriguing because he hasn't publicly came out and said that I want to trade right now. But we could see it any moment now, for being honest. Considering he hasn't shown up to practice yeah. or yesterday or today now, um, that's a problem. That's a big problem, in my opinion. And having your star like that, Houston, I mean, the market's not big for him. No. Houston is going to have to demand another star back in return. And I think the only teams that are able to do that would be Brooklyn or Philadelphia. And either way, you'd have to send Kyrie to Houston. And I don't know how bad you want that. Or you'd have to send Ben Simmons to Houston. I don't know if Philadelphia wants to break that already, but that not, might not be a bad option. No, I would so. see I would see Philadelphia being more on board with that than I would Brooklyn getting rid of Kyrie because I do think 
Um, I think the one trade rumor that we can all probably cross off as uh, embellished was uh, hardened to the Nets. Because I really don't think that they want to mess with whatever chemistry that they're going to have. The, the only way that that trade works out is if um, Kyrie isn't, isn't or in, isn't into the trade. Excuse me, isn't in the trade. That that means Brooklyn would have to give up Jared Allen. Um, he, they'd have to give up Spencer Didley. They'd have to give up so and so many different role players that I don't know if you want to do that because that team was a playoff team. They yeah. were a, they were a six seed in the East last year. Like we said, the East is is. It's easy to get in the playoffs, but either way, they're, they're a playoff team without having KD the whole season and without having Kyrie in the bubble. And that's worth noting. Karis LeVert is an absolute animal in the bubble, and you want to see what he's he's what you have out of him. So the Nets could be they're a title contending team right now. Yeah, I think people are sleeping on them. The two and team, I don't know if you want to blow it up. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want to blow it up at all. I think it, the chemistry will work now because Kyrie is going to want the ball all the time. And the good thing about having Kyrie and Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant doesn't doesn't matter how much somebody else on the floor wants the ball. Kevin Durant's going to do what Kevin Durant does. He's that good that he's always going to get his numbers. He's always going to put himself in situations to win you games. So I think that chemistry will work now for the Nets, and I do think that they're a title contender team. The other team that nobody's talking about as a title contender still lives over in Oakland, the Warriors. I think, I think people are in for a rude awakening when the NBA does come back. The Warriors are probably going to... Uh, make a pretty big run for the Western Conference. I'm, 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 I'm a Warrior hater, first of all, because I don't, I didn't like the KD signing there. I didn't like all that, and I love seeing that team fall apart. If we're being honest, I don't. Kelly Oubre signing huge. I think Kelly Oubre is going to add another dimension to that team. But people are acting like Andrew Wiggins is some absolute deadly shooter. He mm. he, he deadly, or Andrew Wiggins. They're expecting Andrew Wiggins to fill Clay Thompson's hole, and that's not going to happen. That is not going to happen. I hate to break it to you. And then you're relying on Steph to stay healthy, which, knock on wood, hopefully he does. Um, but, I mean, who knows what that's going to look like. And then your offense is going to run through Draymond Green? No, fuck no. You might as well go to James Wiseman then. James Kelly Oubre is a good off-ball offensive player, but then you're trusting a rookie to run your offense. And at that team, this is, I mean, I wasn't big on Warriors making the playoffs last year when they lost KD. And look what happened. They were one of the worst teams in the league, especially due to injuries. Mm-hmm. But now they're halfway retooled. Um, they're a better team than they were, they were than they were last year. But I still not. I'm still not. All, everyone's saying they're a top four seed. I don't see that. I think they're a bottom four seed, and they're very lucky to get the seven or eight seed. I wouldn't say they're a top four seed, especially after Clay went down. But I do think that. Uh, in professional sports, if you have a team that's been in the championship and been in a lot of playoff series and you still have guys that have been there, it goes a long way. We saw it. I think that's been the downfall of, of the Avalanche in the NHL playoffs the last couple of years. But this team, outside of the young guys and the new guys that they brought in, Draymond and Steph have a ton of playoff experience in the NBA. So I think if they do sneak in, then they become one of their one of those dark horse teams. But losing Clay definitely doesn't put them in the top. You yeah, know that'll help them a lot in the playoffs. But when it comes to the regular season, say Steph is not having his game, who do you go to? Do you go yeah. to Wiseman? Do you, I don't go to Draymond. No. I don't trust Draymond. That's a big Maybe question. Throw, that yeah, so if it's not Steph's night, um, who do you go to? And that answer was Clay Thompson, or that answer was um, KD at one point. So now you don't have that. What's going to happen? So. You can get if you can squeeze in the playoffs. It's going to be tough. They're going to be a tough matchup. But if they have the eight seed, you're facing down the Lakers, and that might not be easy to. No, the Lakers and they just uh, they got Anthony Davis to resign. Everybody knew it was going to happen Everyone pretty much. Happen. Uh, but 195 million dollar extension, the biggest extension that he could get. 
Um, and, and we we saw LeBron redo his deal to one on one deal. So, yeah. So now next year's free agency class adds a little more to it because now LeBron might take less and Giannis could join them. So that might even wreak havoc too. So. And I do think that at some point LeBron is going to go wherever Bronny gets drafted. That's going to bring that could be a whole topic for an entire episode is whether or not the NBA and the NCAA should get rid of the one and done mm-hmm. for um, high school athletes. But that's that's going to add another addition to the NBA offseason. The next couple of years is going to get really really juicy uh, with where yeah, LeBron this, and Bronny are going. This to is kind of calm for the storm because in the next few years it's going to be absolutely insane. The one thing I did say on the reserves that kind of portrayed the future was this one on one deal. Yep, or this three-year deal now, sorry, it was two-and-one, but either way, three-year deal now, um, has the option now when Bronny comes out, he could join him, and that that's what you were that's what you were predicting, but my prediction was that Bronny gets, goes to the Cavs. The Cavs have the number one pick, yeah. LeBron goes, ends his career in Cleveland, um, they went, they, they're a formidable team in the East, if LeBron joins that team, and they could be... LeBron could pass the torch to Bronny then eventually. So I and think they have Bronny be Cleveland's team. So. Yeah, that would be that would be a huge story. They're going to make a Disney that. movie out of that yeah. if that happens. It'd be very similar to the Ken Griffey Jr. and Ken Griffey Sr. thing, yeah. except it's one of the Ken Griffey is an all time great, but LeBron is arguably the greatest play, basketball player of all time. So it's, yeah. it's a different aspect to it. The difference is the son is not going to be or not projected to be that That's much true, better yeah. than the dad because Ken Griffey Jr is widely regarded as one of the best, especially best left-handed hitters in baseball mm-hmm. ever. Uh, his dad was good, but definitely not that good. Mm-hmm. Now, let's transition into our NFL because it's going to be kind of a lot of NFL let's all at once. This, well, Heck I yeah. wanted to talk, we'll recap the games that we live-tweeted, and then if we have another one that we wanted to bring up, we can. So let's start with the Browns and Titans because we live-tweeted that. I said it on the live, I was the one live-tweeting the Titans-Browns game. We're closeted Titans fans, and as a closeted Titans fan, I'm a little bit ashamed of what we saw happen yesterday, especially because now the Browns are 9-3 and for the first time, and whoever can remember how long. A chance of making the playoffs for the first time since 2002, that's big. And they look really, really good against the Titans team that I thought was going in the right direction, but Derrick Henry got held at 60 yards rushing yesterday. That that uh, Browns defense showed a lot. Miles Garrett is very formidable in the run game. I didn't think he was, but he showed me I was wrong. Yeah. Um, that Browns team had a lot of great things going for them. Baker made the smart plays. He didn't have to force things too much. He had a career-high passing, 334 he had, yards. He had, he had an absolute animal of a game. The dude was unbelievable. I'm going to give him a lot more credit because like he's been shit on a lot, but he's brought this team back to winning ways. And they haven't seen that in 40 years, 30, 40 years. That, this was a franchising or franchise-changing victory because, at, at, I mean, I think everybody watching the game, especially in the second half when the Browns' offense wasn't scoring as much, you had a feeling that this was a game that the Browns would be up for most of it and then give away. I think the Cincinnati game where they came back in the last minute to take the lead and, and win that game, and then this game where they held on to a lead against... I think a playoff team. The Titans are still probably a playoff team. Who knows if they win the division now because the Colts won yesterday, so they're back in a tie. Um, But this is a game where the culture that the Browns have had, the losing and the misery and the factory of sadness, this is where you can maybe change it to now we can be a contender if we have the right pieces because they did what they needed to. They kept running the ball, put Baker in play action and move the pocket. That's great because then he doesn't have to worry about uh, reading the defense all that much. And then Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, Kareem Hunt has kicked it into another gear. Well, say that joke every week. Every single week, but he has. He's played pretty good, and he stepped in for Nick Chubb when he was out, and the Browns didn't really fall off as much as I thought. Donovan Peoples-Jones surprised me a little bit, the rookie receiver from Michigan, but um, 
the Browns have a winning formula. If they can control the line of scrimmage, run the ball, and get Baker in good situations, they're a tough team for anybody to beat. Yeah, though they're they're a wild card team now for sure. This they're going to be a very tough opponent for anyone when they go on the road. If they have to go to a team like Buffalo, I, I believe they could beat them. Mm-hmm. They have to maybe go to Indianapolis or go back to Tennessee. Who knows? I mean, they already showed they can dominate Tennessee on the line of scrimmage. So yeah. that's another thing that's that's absolutely insane. But the Browns are a formidable team. They are going to. They are a playoff team now, in my opinion. Having that nine wins, I'm sure Browns fan is like a mon- monkey off your back. You're, you're having a, a winning season. You're having a winning season, and you're not going to have an eight and eight season. That's great. You Browns went from fan, yeah. Browns fans can finally be happy yeah. for once. On the other side of that, the Titans defense just absolutely shit the bed. That's in my opinion. The offense took way too long to get going, and yeah. they needed that defense to put, hold it down, and they weren't able to do that. Clowney was. Was not even there. He didn't do anything. He got. He was. He had a surgery. He's on IR for the rest of the season. Okay, but that right. he had surgery on Saturday, and it was. It got released like early Sunday morning, but nobody knew about it until Saturday night. Yeah. Either way, man, that's that, that's obviously tough. Tough loss. But mm-hmm. um, we were saying that their secondary was is much improved. But I was saying that on the Sunday morning show. But they absolutely got torched. And their linebackers didn't look good. Uh, this showed, I think, a lot of holes. This is a lot more worrisome for the Titans than I think people thought, because Tannehill played great. Tannehill, I yeah. think, had over 300 yards passing. Yeah, he had 389 Most yards Most of those did come the second half when they were making their comeback, but still, that's still he still had a good game. He, he wasn't the, the reason that you lost. Corey Davis, 182 yards receiving, but the thing is, if you can slow down Derrick Henry at all, it doesn't matter what any of the rest of this offense can do, because uh, at this point, the defense isn't going to keep games close enough for you to be able to rely on Tannehill to get hot in the second half. That's where I think... That's where it bodes a little bit worse for the Titans coming out of this matchup. This was I said it last week on on the podcast. This was whoever's going to control the line of scrimmage when they get to the playoffs. You're going to announce yourself here, and the Browns did that. The Titans, unfortunately, uh, shout out the boys Taylor Luana and Will Compton, busted with the boys. Can he use Will a little bit more? Will didn't have as good of a game either, too. So. No, he he was in on a few situations, and then the sack at the end of the game. That Quisenberry gave up. I doubt Lewan gives up a sack like that, but Miles Garrett was on another level on Sunday. Yeah, His is, first game back coming off the COVID list, he looked pr- really, really good. Dude, as before the COVID list, he was one of the people in the defensive player of the year conversation. He's he's back in the sack race. He had, I think, one sack and almost had another. Um, but he and Aaron Donald are two of the – they're the two best young defensive linemen in this league. Mm-hmm. You can talk about Indomitian Sue. And uh, Fletcher Cox as the guys who hold down the generation before Aaron Donald and Miles Garrett are something different with the blend. Their blend of speed and power is something that I can't remember ever seeing before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's a new breed of defensive tackle now. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic to see. That's for sure. Now let's move on because I think it, the Broncos game isn't going to be as bad to talk about as I think we probably expected going into the weekend. When neither of us picked the Broncos, we almost were proven we're, wrong. We're almost, yeah. almost proven wrong, and I know you would have been. You would have taken that. Yeah. You'd have taken the L on the pick if the Broncos would have been able to pick up a win in Arrowhead. Um, but what what did you see from your Broncos? You live tweeted the game, so you watched. I was very very excited. It, this is one. Of the, I, this is the exact same excitement I had after the Chargers game, and we lost. Um, we had a chance to win that game. Drew Locke is still has kinks to work out. Throwing interception on the first drive was tough. But that defense, I'm going to say it over again, this defense is very, very, very good. Mm-hmm. People are sleeping on this defense so much. Justin Simmons is one of the best safeties in this game and one of the most underappreciated defenders 
um, in this game. And it's absolutely ridiculous. Alexander Johnson and Josie Jewell have been formidable and absolutely incredible inside. That run game has been slowed down completely. And anyone we face, the run game is not going. I don't want to hear about Devin Bush anymore because right now Devin Bush is on the IR and Alexander Johnson is leading this team in tackles. And he's an absolute animal. Yeah. So I'm not worried about Devin Bush not being there for the Broncos two years ago. I know you love saying that, but Alexander Johnson and Josie Jewell are pretty you wrong. That's, so before I move on to everything else. But besides that, Broncos did what they needed to do to win that game. And that was force the Chiefs to field goals. Force the Chiefs to, force the Chiefs to get three points. You know they're going to drive down the field. The thing is you got to lock down the red zone and force, team, force that team to kick field goals. And that's what they did until the second half. Yeah. Um, that's what they were able to do. And then finally they got a touchdown at, at the end of the game. But um, they were able to do that. And that's why one of the reasons why they are in that game. It's unfortunate that... Oh, the, the the defense couldn't hold on to that for so long, but the offense needed to produce a better. They they had a great first half. That they they were driving the ball. That's another thing that you got to do against the Chiefs. You got to drive the ball. You got to have long drives to keep Mahomes off the field. That's what we're seeing in the first half. That's why we had the lead. We could have had an even bigger lead if McManus had um, kicked that, made that field goal, and didn't give the Chiefs great field position before the end of the half. Yep. We would have gone to that second half, going, being up twelve to six. That That's completely big. different too, because the Chiefs came back and only scored three points. Um, so that and then they took the lead after that. So. Either way, like it's it's one of those things where it's small things now. I'm very excited for this team. Shermer looks like he's finally getting the offense intact and finally knowing the identity of this team, and that's running the ball. It took took me a while to finally get through to Melvin Gordon, but Melvin Gordon has been playing really well. The long run was absolutely massive for the offense to get going. Just and not fast. He's just, just not, not fast. fast. Yeah, Phil Lindsay just just burst. That's a touchdown fast. for yeah. Phil Lindsay. That's, that's, a that's a sixty yard run for Melvin. Either Gordon. way, though, I liked how they used both of them. I've been wanting to say get Phil Lindsay the ball more. Um, and they've been able to do that. They were able to mix it up more. Philip Lindsay, you know now if they're in the shotgun, that he's halfway. He's gotten better at pass blocking too, so he's been able to step up a little bit more and give Drew Locke some more time. So now you don't know if it's on that handoff in the backfield when he's back there. So um, there's little things that are making it better. We could this this past week shows me that if we had a formidable quarterback, anyone that knows how to throw the ball, we would have beat the Saints. That's just that's just my opinion. Yeah, the defense. I think this shows. Um, and we talk about the divisional opponents knowing their other divisional opponents better than anybody. This improves the fact that the AFC West is one of the better divisions in football because now you have the Raiders, Chiefs, or the Raiders, Broncos, and Chargers all competing with the Chiefs for the top of that division. Don't, it's not no, like not the Chargers. Well, not I mean, they the play Chargers. them close. Every every team play in this division close, plays but... each other close, so it's not as much. It's not the Chiefs and everybody else. Yeah. The Chiefs definitely still are the best team in the division, but it's getting better. And I think that Noah Fant is proving that you have another one of these because if you're going to be a great offense in this division, you have to have a tight end that's a dynamic threat. And Noah Fant is going to be that guy if Shermer can kind of get him a little bit more involved. I think there's other things that you can do. And Tim Patrick stepped up and, and had a great game yesterday too. He announced himself that Cortland Sutton is your number one, but Tim Patrick and Jerry Judy now can can decide who's going to be that three. Jerry Judy had a rough night last night. KJ Hamler had a fantastic night too. KJ Hamler so on the flip side of that, you have four receivers now. I mean, this team is banged up. Corlin Sun would add another dimension to this team. A defense would be absolutely even better if you had Jarrell Casey and yeah. um, Von Miller too. Like it's it's little things that we got to get healthy. Um, we got we got to make small adjustments. But I'm seeing the sh- the the shift. I'm seeing the shift. I see it from where we were. Um, a few years back, but I see the shift happening. It's finally now the time we got to get it all together, get the get the right people at the right positions, 
Got to get a right tackle, figure it out. Um, yeah. Got to get some other things figured out. But you have weapons on offense. You have um, the defense formidable with without injuries. I'm going to say formidable way too many fucking times. I guess that's my word of the week. But uh, yeah. I was this gonna is say- my word of the week because I don't know why I've said that so many times. But um, the, the defense has, has been very, very, very good. Mm-hmm. And that's without your number one of the best out edge rushers in NFL history, Devon Miller. Yeah, I think that the talent is there, and I think this that that game solidified Fangio a little bit more. There's a lot of guys that are calling for his job and calling for his head, mainly based off of that decision to punt instead of go for it, because you know that your defense is going to be able to stop the Chiefs. They ran out of the magic that they had in the first half. You also got to remember Fangio's calling the defense. Yeah. Fangio is a defensive coordinator, so that's not on him to punt the ball necessarily too. Yeah, it probably is his decision at times, but either way, Shermer runs that offense, and Nick Fangio did the right things to slow down the Chiefs. And if you hold the Chiefs to 22 points and they only score one touchdown, then that's a game two. you have. No, they only scored one. They ended up scoring two, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was only one because a lot. So it was, it was 16 to 22, and then they had two field goals after that. I'm almost. I'm. I'm pretty sure that was it because it was. Oh yeah, uh, I guess it was. It was only, it only, you only hold them to one touchdown, which is that. That helps you win games against that team. It that, should have been two. That's what it was because Tyreek Hill did catch that ball in the end zone. Uh, you'll it's hear his about, fault. It's his fault. You'll hear about him later in the week. It, it is his fault, and that's why you'll hear about him later in the episode. Um, but I think it was. I think that was as good of a performance as you could have expected from for the Broncos. Yeah, I said before the game started, I wanted I wanted a tough game, and I want the Broncos team to show heart, and that's exactly what they did, and that makes me more excited for the future. Now we just got to get the right things going, and we got to get and uh, you got to win the divisional games toward the end of this year. Exactly. You're going to have to beat the Graders. You're going to have to beat the Chargers, the Bills. You know what? The Bills and Panthers. I can see. I can give you a little bit of slack, but. Um, to prove that you're still in the fight for this this division yeah, moving forward, I, I, you got to win your division. I said it a few weeks back that the Broncos win three out of four against the Chargers and the Raiders, and there's still a shot at that. Then you can win. Then you can have a chance of the playoffs. But and you have to do that now. So yeah, and, and they still could finish with at least a 500 record. Exactly. Finish with a without a losing record for the first time in the last three seasons. So the Broncos did look pretty decent in in their loss yesterday. Let's mention the, the Jets because I wanted want you to give Dom your new stipulation for how you'll wear a Jets jersey. I've been saying this for eight weeks now. Something stupid like that. That the Jets aren't going to win the game this year. And y'all thought I was dumb. Y'all thought, no, there's no way that, that they go 0-16. This team shows continually why they are not good coached or good as a team at all. I feel so bad for Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold deserves, deserves so much better than that shithole organization. Yeah. yeah, I just said that, Dom. Fuck the Jets because they suck and they don't know how to treat their players right. Darnold deserves to go somewhere else. I believe, in my opinion, a place that I, we talked about this a little bit before, but a place that I think he could strive in is San Francisco. I think he could go down there and with that team hit and be a playoff team in the AFC or sorry NFC. Yeah. So he needs to leave. He's going to leave. Um, I guarantee you I'm not wearing a Jets jersey because of a win. So I'm going to put this out there. If the Jets go 0-16, Dom, if you go and get a Trevor Lawrence created jersey using the Fanatics deal. Using the Fanatics deal. It has to be through the league. Otherwise, this doesn't count. It doesn't count. And buy a 16 Trevor Lawrence all-black Gotham City jersey, then I will wear it when they go 0-16. Because that's the only Jets jersey I'll ever think about wearing. 
because now, Jimmy, you jinxed yourself, first of all, too. I did, yeah. you tweeted me, the, or you sent me, you texted me the picture, and I was like, you just fucked yourself. My phone has been broken the past week, and I, so I'm texting basically through my computer, and I didn't have it at that time, and I was like, Jimmy, you just jinxed yourself. In my head, because I saw it, but yeah. I couldn't respond. I was like, you jinxed yourself. This is just ridiculous, and... Jets aren't winning a game this year. I think the argument needs to be said is who do you think wins the 0-16 Lions or the 0-16 Jets? And right now I'm picking the Lions because Adam Gase doesn't Lions, know how yeah. Adam Gase doesn't know how to win football games. And Greg Williams, you'll hear your name later on. Don't worry. But there's a lot of other things that are bad in that organization. He's unemployed now as well. That uh, that happened over the weekend. Greg Williams got fired. Adam Gase still has a job. Don't know. Don't know don't why. Know why? I think Greg Williams' defense didn't mesh with the hyperdrive offense, so maybe that's their reasoning behind it. Uh, but Dom, there you have it. If if they go zero and sixteen, he'll wear a Jets jersey. But you're losing the. Bet. Give me the Gotham City black yeah. ones too, because those are clean. But you don't have a team. You can keep it. He'll just you wear can it. Keep for it. The I'll episode. wear it for an episode. But but that's the only way that he'll probably see a Jets jersey. If you, the way that they lost that lead with five seconds, you knew that that was the only thing that they were gonna do. You can't stop a hail mary with you five blitz, seconds. You blitz seven. You blitz seven. On a hail mary, their middle linebacker was playing spy. What the fuck do you or are you doing? They have eight players within five yards of the line of scrimmage, and you had three players deep, and all you had to do was get a tackle. You find new ways to lose. Yeah. You find new ways to lose. It makes it easy. You make the Chargers look look good. You make yeah. the Chargers look good. You, I think Adam Gase is probably the reason Anthony Lynn still has a job too, because oh the God. Chargers can just look and go, hey, he's not as bad as the guy in New York. He's not as bad as the guy in New York. Oh, okay. It's That's the last... so bad. We're, you're going to keep hearing about this the rest of the episode. Don't worry. Because yeah. at the end, you'll hear all about my bench warmer of the week and play of the week. So don't worry. There you go. Uh, let's let's do most dominant, and then we'll get into a break so people can hear about fanatics and, and wherever else they can do. They, they can uh, find, find our stuff. So I'll start my most dominant team. We talked about them, the Cleveland Browns. Held Derrick Henry to 60 yards on defense. And uh, it was not as close of a score as those last couple garbage time touchdowns made it seem. That was a huge win for the Browns. They're my most dominant team of the my week. My most dominant team of the week is the Patriots because the Chargers suck. Everyone had the, the Chargers so hyped. They're the second best team in this division. They have so much talent. I'm sick and tired of hearing that. If Joe, Bur- if Joe, if Joe, Justin Herbert was on the Bengals, he'd be winning games. It's, un- it's unfortunate. I'm, over, I'm I think Justin Herbert's overhyped. Um, you can't even put up a single point. Against yeah. this Patriots defense, who has been very bad recently. Who has half of them opted out anyways. So they, they're not they, even playing their defense. The, the fucking Patriots defense allowed 28 points to the Jets. You're telling me Justin Herbert, all the hype, can, can't score up three points? Kendall Hinton scored three points. Yeah. Against the number one of the best defense in the league. And you're telling me you can't score up, go out and score points? In front middle, absolutely terrible. Patriots, you're my most dominant team in the league. Not because of your performance, because the Chargers suck and their organization sucks, and you have talent, you have talent, but you don't know how to fucking use it. You're telling me an offense with Austin Eckler, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry, can't score a single point? Yeah, you're an idiot. Chargers suck. Anthony Lynn, your job is on on the line. Shout out Eckler. I, I know you're doing your best out there. You're coming off you the deserve injury better. Well. You deserve better. Come to Denver. We'll yeah. throw you in slow. Well, come, come to Denver. <laughs> come to Denver. That'd be great. And I know you already have a place to stay and, and tons of people that will come out and support you at the games. Let's go go ahead, let the let the people hear about Fanatics, and we'll come back and finish up our episode with the Pick'em in our, our segments. 
What is up, bench warmers of the Unhinged Sports Network? Jimmy Pilato, one half of the Far End of the Bench podcast, all the way over here in Denver. And you know what? The weather is starting to turn cold. It's starting to snow. You know what that means. Christmas is right around the corner. I know us sports fans, they love our lucky jerseys, lucky shirts, anything like that. Well, why not get something that can add to that special sports fan in your life? And, and give them something, the gift that can keep on giving year in and year out, and help out a small upstart podcasting network uh, while you're at it. The Unhinged Sports Network has recently entered a partnership with Fanatics, and that means if you use the link in our bio, that's at FEOTB Pod on Instagram and Twitter, the Fanatics link in our bio will then take you to the site. There's great deals on there every single day. They just had a 70% off Cyber Monday deal. I know they're going to continue to do more promo codes. But go through that link to the Fanatics website, buy whatever you were going to buy. They have everything from soccer all the way through to probably Division II college basketball, if, if that's what you're looking for. They have everything that you need at Fanatics for any sport, anytime, anywhere. Go ahead, support the Unhinged Sports Network by shopping through that link and make somebody's Christmas a little bit merrier. Thanks, guys. All right, you just heard from Fanatics. Be sure to go get it. If you're watching the YouTube video, you know how good this hoodie looks, and there's plenty of other great stuff. Any team, any sport, football, all the way through. I know you were looking at some soccer jerseys. Yeah, there's some soccer jerseys on there. I only have one soccer jersey in my collection, but I might have to get some more. There so you go. Knows? And I'm going to have to be looking for some probably nuggets, and then I'm going to get the reverse retro. I don't think I can get that through Fanatics, but... You can, like get, you can get the new Skyline, red Skyline yeah. jerseys, though. Those the are all Skyline around. jerseys are through Fanatics, mm-hmm. and they're, there's, a, there's a ton of stuff. Slippers, coasters, anything. They, they have All a, holiday shopping should be through Fanatics and using our link, too, more importantly. Yeah, because that helps out the network. And we love the network's doing great so far. So we, we love all the support there. But let's, let's go ahead and finish this episode, give them the pick because I know a lot of people love our pick love how we go back and forth with each other. I'll start off with my stats for the week, because... I calculated the stats for the NFL Unhinged show, so I might as well give myself some love. I went 6-6 six and six on the week, so even 500. I think you were 7-5, and five, so you had yeah. one more game than I did. Um, but I'm 65-59 and 59 overall, so I haven't had a couple bad weeks in a row. I'm starting to get myself back into this. Thing. I'm very disappointed in 7-5. Seven seven it's a winning record, but I expect more from myself because I am that good of a picker. When oh, we're filming wow. this, and we still have three games to go. Yeah. Um, so well, I should start two games ago because I picked the Steelers right, and so did you. The Steelers, actually, they're tied with the football team right now. 17-17, 5-45 left. Okay, so never mind. My record could get worse, but either Mine way. Mine could, too. I might end with the losing record. might not. So either way, I'm disappointed in my 7-5 record. I had some tough games, but I'm getting better at this. I am the, the god of pick em on the NFL on his show. Jimmy doesn't get to put his in, but I do. Um, so I'm the god of it. And luckily, the only reason why I have the record I do is because I, we don't count the weeks I wasn't there. And I wasn't there the first week. Yeah. And my record the first week was really good. It was really good. It was. No, that was when you kind of took a commanding lead and I was on the show. Exactly. So, so there's there's a lot to there, I'm gonna say you're over you're hyping yourself up a little bit, but I, I will I'll allow it because you are beating me. Yeah. Uh, but let's get into this week and the first game, Thursday night game, Patriots Rams. We have Thursday night football back. Uh, Sean McVay got the Rams back in first place in that division and the Patriots had a huge bounce back win. I'm not sure what the Patriots are. I don't know if they're a wild card team, if they should just give up at this point. Uh, but who do you, who are you picking the Patriots and Rams? Yeah, Patriots Rams. I think it's a very very good game. Um, the Patriots are showing a lot. Um, 
Yeah, they're showing a lot this week. I'm, I'm, I'm very, I'm very high on the Rams though because I love Aaron Donald. I picked them right the last couple of weeks. I'm one of the few people that's been able to do that. Yeah. Um, but I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go the Patriots here. Actually, sorry, I tell you that I'm going to the Rams here because I'm gonna stick with them. Um, Aaron Donald is the best player in the NFL. He's gonna continue to ball out. The Patriots. Yeah, you beat up on a terrible Chargers team, but you're not there yet. I do think, however, the Patriots do squeeze in the playoffs, but I'm taking Rams here. Yeah, I think that they showed they can still get themselves in the playoffs. I'm going with the Rams because I picked against them for the last couple weeks, and they've proved me wrong. Uh, So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. And Aaron Donald is making that defense into what it could be, and that's going to save Jared Goff from some of the mistakes that he's going to make. So we both got the Rams in that one next uh, the next one I have on my list is the Cowboys and Bengals. Uh, Brandon Allen got benched for Ryan Finley, so I, I do want to keep Brandon Allen around. I think he's a better backup, backup long term, but it's it's Cincinnati's in shambles. Let's let's be honest. And Brian Flores almost fought our entire roster. And I, honestly, in, in that fight, I might take Brian Flores over anybody that we have on the field, which is terrible to say the head coach could beat up our entire team. This is this is a set, sore subject for me. I, I want to move on from this as quick as possible. Yeah, this is a tough game too. Like it's it's a shithole of a game. Both teams are in a terrible spot. Cowboys are probably going to fire McCarthy too at the end of the year. Um, Jason Garrett. The Bengals might fire Zach Taylor too. I've seen that so, floating around. So yeah, both these teams might not, might have be on a cute or head coach watch within the next year. But I'm going to go the Cowboys too. Yeah, like I mean. They, they have more talent right now, and that's saying a lot considering they have Andy Dalton back there. And it'd yeah. just be rubbing salt into the wound if Andy Dalton beats you guys. Oh, if Andy Dalton if ends Andy the Dalton season as the, as the last quarterback to win in Cincinnati, if he's the last quarterback to win in Cincinnati this season, that'd be terrible. Oh, that might that, that, just, that salt to the wound, Jimmy. I'm going to take the Cowboys just because. Uh, I'm going with the Bengals because I do think that the, the talent-wise, this one, and the Bengals have been – competitive at least early on in the last couple games. Uh, granted, it's a 104-yard kick return and a 72-yard screen that they've scored on. Uh, but their playmakers are still there, so I think that the Bengals could possibly get this and, and get this one done. So I'm picking the Bengals over the Cowboys right. just because they're at home too. That, that's fair. Okay, I will hate you going for, for your team. But next game we have Houston going into Chicago, Chicago. And, playing the, and playing the Bears. Um, Bears, I'll, I'll start here at the Bears. Maybe look stupid last week. I, I picked the Lions on our show, and then when I went to NFL Unhinged, I switched it because they didn't have DeAndre Swift and they didn't have Galladay. The Lions poured it on, and they just dominated that team. The Bears are frauds. I'm going to the Texans, and Deshaun Watson is going to prove why the Bears missed out on one of the best young QBs of this generation. Yeah, I think I still – we had this argument a couple weeks ago just texting on a Sunday, but – I think Deshaun Watson's the best quarterback in that class, and it's the Mahomes, Trubisky, and Watson class. Um, but I do think that he's going to prove. This is a 2017 draft order revenge game for Deshaun hold Watson. Up. Oh, I know. I know. We hold can... up. Hold up. We're not going to go past that one. Oh, we're not going to breeze past that one? Okay. We're not going to go past that one that fast. Okay. You're telling me Deshaun Watson is better than Patrick Mahomes. Answer me this. Do you think Patrick Mahomes puts Houston in a better position? If he's in Houston, yes, really, yes, you, really? I do, I do. I think with Bill, o, well, he, remember he would have had Bill O'Brien, not Andy Reid, and he would have started right away and not had a year to sit. He finds ways to win games, and Deshaun but, Watson does do that. But I, I want right now, I want Patrick Mahomes to lead my team down the field. I think if, if even if the Texans' weapons, um, you got to remember Tyreek Hill 
Uh, yeah, he he did nothing though before Patrick Mahomes came in. Alex Alex Smith, Tyreek Hill was just a no, slot receiver. He was, well, I mean, he was he, he was on the team, but he was just a slot receiver. He wasn't the number one one of the top five receivers in the game right now. Kelsey, um, I believe, wasn't wasn't there either, and he f- made those players in the way they are right now. Mahomes was on the Texans. Yeah, O'Brien's a shit coach, but I still trust him right now more than I trust Deshaun Watson. But that's not saying a whole lot because Deshaun Watson is a stud. Yeah. He is a stud. I'm not gonna. But it's just ridiculous that you think Deshaun Watson's better. I just think if you reverse the roles, Deshaun Watson gives you. Deshaun Watson is a stud. Patrick Mahomes doesn't elevate the Texans as much as as people would give him credit for. That's the only reason I make that argument. I think they'd win more games if Mahomes was still a quarterback. I'll just keep finding them games. I'll just keep this short. I'm picking the Texans because the Bears suck and their defense has finally given up on Matt Nagy. So Matt Nagy's going to be on the unemployment line here. Coming up, which is crazy to say, he won Coach of the Year two years ago. Yeah, there's a lot of coaches there to be on the unemployment line. That's for sure. There should be. Uh, next game we have Patrick Mahomes going off, going up and playing against the Dolphins with Tua. With Tua. With Tua. With Tua. With Tua. I'll let you start because for some reason the Dolphins are your second most hated team in the NFL. I don't know why, but you hate on them every time we ever talk about them on the NFL and Hinge Show. So I'll let you hate on them some more. I'll give Brian Flores this. He does. He is the best coaching hire of the, the year that he got hired, and I said that when I was on the radio out in Gunnison um, in college. So I, I think that he's done a great job with that team. I think Tua gets a little bit too much credit because of his situation and everything that surrounded his draft. I'm picking the Chiefs because I think that the Chiefs aren't going to fall asleep against this – this could have been a trap game depending on how the Dolphins were, but the Dolphins are good enough that the Chiefs can't take them lightly even though the Chiefs don't even know who they play every week because they gave the Raiders credit for the Broncos game last night instead of the Broncos. I'm picking the Chiefs. They're just more talented and in a better position than the Dolphins. Yeah, I just don't understand where the where the Dolphins' hate comes from because you hate Because Tua isn't no, no, doing no, that great. It wasn't great. even that. Like you, you hated on – you, you completely obliterated when we talked about 16-0 teams about the only undefeated team oh, to finish. Oh, because the 72 Dolphins team just pisses me off because they still do a toast every single year when the last undefeated team loses. So they're just like, yeah, just be great. Don't tell me how great you are. Just be great. It's the Dolphins. I don't know why you hate them so much, but whatever. Yeah, it's easy. I'll pick the Chiefs here. I won't, take, I won't buffer on that too much, but take the Chiefs. Next game we have Arizona Cardinals going into – uh, Meadowlands and facing the New York Giants. The NFC leader. The, the NFC East leader. And crazy Giants. to say this, but the Giants are the best team in that division. Yeah. Their defense is very, very good. Uh, people are sleeping on them. Colt McCoy, shout out Colt McCoy, dude. The dude did everything right to win the game against the Seahawks team. Seahawks have a lot of problems, man. The, the Giants defense showed a lot of great promise, but considering the fact that you – Weren't able to be a team without their starting quarterback is insane to me. I don't even. I'm not sure if Daniel Jones is playing this week, but it's hard for me to pick against pick against the Cardinals here, though. Cardinals are a very very good team. That was a good swerve. Yeah, the Cardinals are a very 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 good little swerve there. Yeah. But Cardinals are a great team. Kyler Murray, I trust right now more than Daniel Jones or Cole McCoy. Yeah, I said that about Russ over them last week, but um, Cardinals, top to bottom, are still really, really good. And I, I think that was a fluke last week, so I'm going to the Cardinals. I, I don't know. The Cardinals, the last two weeks, have had two bad losses, so I'm wary to pick them, and they've made me look stupid. And the Giants, on the other hand, have made me look stupid because I haven't been picking them. I think that they are proving themselves that they're going to be the representative for the NFC East, 
And what they did last week really impressed me. So I'm going Giants at home over the Cardinals. How about that? Okay, I don't hate that at all. Um, next game we have the Vikings going in to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bucks are coming off a of bye week. Who do you have in this one? I picked the Buccaneers mainly because I'm pissed that the Vikings did end up beating the Jaguars. That was going to be one of my biggest upsets of the year. And I was this close in overtime. Um, Glennon kind of screwed me. He, he, got, he was saving me, and then he ended up screwing me at the end. But the Buccaneers off a of bye week, I think they're going to work out whatever wrinkles they need to. Um, and they're still going to be a playoff team just because they're that talented. Their defense is that good. So Buccaneers and over the Vikings. Yeah, it's easy. I'm picking the Bucs here too. Um, it's it's ridiculous that the Vikings are – they have so much talent, man. They have so much talent. Kirk Cousins is just not be not able to close games out. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Dalvin Cook, I'm going to say that every week, Dalvin Cook is in the playoff – or MVP race. The dude has been an absolute animal. But – Barely beating a Mike Glennon-led Jaguars at home is just insane to me. So that's why I'm picking the Bucks here. Uh, the Bucks defense is a lot better too, in a great greater position than what than what that what they show. So yeah, they haven't looked good, but I think they'll look good coming off the bye. Mm-hmm. Vance but, Joseph is isn't he the defensive? No, player? he's the coordinator in, in Arizona. He's, oh, okay, he's, okay. he's so, not in Tampa Bay. He's no, in okay. Arizona. Trust me. I, that we don't talk about that name ever in Denver. So. Okay. Next game we have my Denver Broncos going into playing. Teddy Bridgewater, 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 wow. Bridgewater. I can't talk. Teddy Bridgewater and the Carolina Panthers. Who do you have here? I go. I'm going Panthers because it's at home, and the Broncos have not played the NFC South well this season. And the Matt Rule, I think, is a, a really good head coach. I'm I'm going with Matt Rule and Teddy Bridgewater over the Broncos. Oh, because of what the Broncos showed me last week, I'm going to stick with them. Um, if, if we play very similar to what we did last week, and that's force three points instead of seven. The Broncos are going to win this game, in my opinion. They don't have run CMC either, so that's another problem. But Teddy Bridgewater has, I've said it right that time, Teddy Bridgewater has been playing very well, so I will give him that credit. So it's going to be a closer game than most people think, but I'm picking the Broncos. Uh, the Falcons game is what's giving me, I can't pick the Broncos just based off what they did in Atlanta. Because I thought they were going to beat the Falcons, and, and they laid an egg on the road, and this is another tough road game. That's that's fair. I don't hate you for that. Uh, next game we have Tennessee Titans coming off a tough loss going into Jacksonville playing the Jaguars who almost squeezed out a win. Who do you have here? I'm going Titans. I'm still not sure about them moving forward in the postseason, but the Jaguars, you know, they screwed me. They Like I just said, they screwed me on the last pick I thought they were going to get the upset. I just don't think that they're good enough to beat the Titans. Yeah, no, they're not good enough. They're, they're not. The Titans ran to a buzzsaw. Yeah, I just said that. Buzzsaw and the Browns in the same sentence. Yeah, because yeah. they've been that good. But The dog pound is The back. Titans get it back on back on track. I trust them more than I trust Mike Glennon. That's for sure. Brady will make adjustments. So I'm picking the Titans here. Um, next game we have the Colts hosting, hosting the Las Vegas Raiders. This is a very, very interesting game here. Um, two teams who look like they could be in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Who do you have here? I went with the Colts because the Raiders have not looked good against bad teams the last two weeks. They should not have had to beat the Jets on a last-second Hail Mary, and they got pounded by the Falcons. Um, So I'm going with the Colts because they've been a little bit more consistent in the last couple weeks than the Raiders. I don't, I don't doubt you for that. The the Raiders have fallen apart recently, um, getting obliterated, and then barely beating the Jets. That's just, that's just. Crazy to think, but I do think they get back on track. I think they're still a playoff team, in my opinion. Yeah, I hate saying that. It hurts me deep down saying that. It hurts me a lot. But John, or they'll get Jonathan Abram back. And they'll get Josh Jacobs back. So in my opinion, that's that's going to take them over the top. So I'm going to take the Raiders here. We we are sweating. I'm just going to point that out for the YouTube viewers. But I think it's just because the light that we bought. We bought yeah. a new light, so we look good, but it's hot. 
Yeah. It's a little warm in here. It's a little warm in here. So next game we have Jimmy. Here we go again. The New York Jets. Can they get a win against the Seahawks? I didn't mention it when we were talking about them, but I'm off. The Jets are gonna find a way to win one game. That's that proved me on Sunday that that just won't happen. So even though the Seahawks look like crap, this is a get-right game for them. So I'm going Seahawks at home. This is my Drew lock of the week. Oh. No shot, zero shot. The Jets win this game. I will. I will be willing to bet thousands of dollars on the Jets to win this game. Very easy. Next game we have Green Bay Packers going into Detroit and playing the Lions. Who do you have here, Jim? I'm going with the Packers. I still don't trust them in the playoffs, and Aaron Rodgers is is a little bit too much like Jay Cutler for me. That's what I, I'm. I'm saying that again. I'm bringing that back up because that was the. If you listened to the NFL Unhinged show or watched it... Asinine. Asinine. Nico didn't like that. Thought about. Zach fell out of the screen. He he was so shocked when Kelsey said that. But I do think that the Packers are just better than the Lions. They got their one game after they fired their coach, but they're not going to get two in a row. There's, there's, yeah, like, I, I don't understand that at all. Okay, yeah, same mentality. But Aaron Rodgers, his play right now or ever in his whole career, is by far way better than Jay Cutler. And you want to know why I say that? Ask any Bears fan ever if they would have rather had Aaron Rodgers the past 10 years or anyone they've had recently. And they'll say Aaron Rodgers 20 times or 100 times out of 10. It does not matter. Jay Cutler, yeah, he's the best quarterback in Bears history, but that's not saying much because the Bears have never had really anything except Jim McMahon. So Aaron Rodgers is a stud. He's an animal. He's he's a bad man, and that's why I'm picking the Packers again. I just, and I will yell at Kelsey on Sunday. I guarantee you that. Yeah. I'm still I'm still steaming after that. I'm still steaming. I won't be just there. Because to... You can't compare people off of attitudes. That's just ridiculous. That's just ridiculous. I, I could see where Kelsey was coming from, but I don't necessarily know if I'd go as far as saying it's Jay Cutler-esque. Uh, I won't be there on Sunday for the NFL and Hinge show. I got a family thing that I got to go to, but I'm... Very, very much looking forward to watching that, or not watching it, listening to that. And watching it, and watching it on YouTube. How are we going to do that if I'm not... You're right, well, I will figure it out and record it, so we'll do something, I'll figure something out. If not, you'll be able to listen to it for sure. Uh, Yeah, that'll be an interesting I haven't thought about that, but we may not have an NFL on his show on YouTube this week, but either way. Now let's let's move on, Saints and Eagles, uh, the next game, NSC East. And we might see a Jalen Hurts sighting, might get, might get a start out of him. We saw Jalen Hurts over the weekend. Wentz got benched, which he should have been benched a few weeks ago, I think. Uh, but Doug Peterson is doing everything that he can to try and keep that job a little bit longer. I'm going Saints. Uh, Taysom Hill threw his first touchdown pass in his career over the weekend, and he actually looked like a quarterback. I do think that they shut down half their playbook when they were playing against the Broncos. That's probably why that offense looked as bad as it did. Uh, but that defense is still... Really good. Quan Alexander is still fitting in with that defense really well, so I'm going Saints at, uh, over the Eagles. Yeah, if, if Jalen Hurts starts this game, I think it's going to be a lot closer than people think. Um, Jalen Hurts did play pretty well when he came in against the Packers, so I'm not going to hate him for that. Carson Wentz needed to get benched. He needed to get benched. He's a great person. He, he has a lot of great potential, but he needed that little thing saying you're benched and throw another guy in there, and hopefully that lights a fire under his house. Hopefully he gets better, but I'm picking the um, Saints here too. It's it's hard to pick pick the Eagles right now. Yeah, I think they're just at an all time collapse at, at this point, especially after the Super Bowl a few years ago. That's true. Next game we have two teams that know how to lose football games: Atlanta Falcons going in and playing the L.A. Chargers. I'll start here. Chargers, like I said, so much talent getting wasted under a shit coach under Anthony Lynn. Way too much talent to be putting up zero points. Against a against a team, it doesn't matter if it's 
if the, if it's the Patriots. You're telling me you can't score a field goal? That's just bad. Terrible. I'll pick the Falcons here. That Falcons showed a lot of heart at the end of their game last week, so I give them a lot more credit. But Julio needs to get back on track. So is Todd Gurley, and I'm and I think they do it this week. So I'm taking Falcons. I'm going with the Falcons too, and I think it's the same. It's the same reason they looked. Their offense still looked good against the Saints. It's just a, a tough defense to do anything against. They did get the first touchdown, I think, in like six quarters against the Saints defense. So I'm, I'm going with the Falcons, and the Chargers need to get rid of Anthony Lynn faster than, than not. They can't keep him around. Could be too, fired too soon. Could be the next coach to fired in between, in halfway through this season, especially if they get dominated um, this week. But, <laughs> uh, next game we have the Washington football team going in and playing San Francisco. Yeah, speaking of the Washington football team, let's get an update on where that game is because we're, we actually weren't able to watch it in Denver. They didn't have it on the Fox affiliates. Still tied. Actually, the, the football team just kicked a field goal to take the lead 20-17 to 17 with 20 seconds left. So oh, we might have God. an upset. Oh, man. Wow. Wow. All right, well, there, there goes the, the undefeated season. But we'll, we'll talk about that as later on because I'm sure the game will be ended by the time yeah. we close this episode out as we're recording it. But I'll start here. I'm taking the 49ers here. There you go. Um, I uh, predicted them to upset this week. We As we're recording this, we didn't want, we haven't watched the game yet. So um, I do think this offense is slowly getting back to where it was. Moster and Debo Samuel being back is absolutely massive. Um, so I'm taking the 49ers here. It doesn't matter who's that quarterback. I'm taking the 49ers. Yeah, I think the 49ers are they're a lot better than we thought, but the football team's defense is something else, and I think the football team's defense will keep them in a close game against a Nick Mullins-led offense for San Francisco. So I'm going football team, two upsets in a row. I don't hate that at all. I don't hate that at all. It's it's it's, it's going to be a good game, though. I'll tell you that. That's for sure. Oh, actually, it was a touchdown, so they're up 23-17. Okay, well, that, that probably seals that. Yeah. So I, as we're still on the topic of that, let's go Pittsburgh Steelers going into Buffalo. The one loss Pittsburgh Steelers looks like the Dolphins. That Dolphins team is going to drink tonight. Yep. The, the one loss Pittsburgh Steelers going in and playing Buffalo. What do you have here? Yeah, Larry Zonka is going to be lit tonight, and he'll probably post a video on Twitter. Um, I might change my pick, uh, but actually, I think the Bills are good enough to beat the Steelers, anyways. Um, but the Steelers are going to make it closer than I thought it was going to be. Now the Steelers needed a game to lose. I don't think that a team can go undefeated during the regular season. And finish it just might not happen again. So that this is good for the Steelers in the long run, but I think they lose again to the Bills. I'll, I'll take the bill. I'll take the Bills just based upon the fact that they lost this week. I think they'll get it right. I think it was a short week too for them. That's another reason that may have played into it because they did play Wednesday, then you come back play Monday. That's that's a very tough week. Yeah. But, and NFL players, especially athletes in general, are known to get in habits, and having a game on a Wednesday is very hard to do, um, and that affects the next week. So I, I don't hate them at all for that for this game. It was it was a hiccup in the road. I'm gonna take the Steelers here and take take Steelers here and take them to get right back on track. All right, and, and the last one, Monday Night Football next week. It's a better match. It's a more important game than I think people were expecting. The Ravens. Got to win. They play tomorrow, so we're not sure if they win this week, but they're playing the Cowboys, so maybe. Um, but they're, they're going to have to win out to be able to make the playoffs the rest of the season. I'm going Browns with what they showed, and it's, it's at home. Uh, and the Ravens, who knows what they're going to look like after the debacle on last Wednesday afternoon. That was that was a ugly game. Trace McSorley might have to play quarterback. I'm sure Lamar Jackson will be back, but... That, that's not a good matchup for the Browns any, or the Ravens anymore. I'm 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 gonna go against you here. I'll I know both you hate both these teams, but I'll take the Ravens. Lamar gets back on track. He is playing on Tuesday as we're recording this um, the day before. 
So I think he gets back on track. Mark Andrews is out this week, but he will be back next week more than likely. So I think that helps them a lot. So I'm going to take the Ravens here. I'm going to that, I think Miles Garrett might have something to say for that offense, but that'll be that's a Monday night game I'm very interested in. All the primetime games are pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Washington uh, and San Francisco is going to be more important than I think we thought, and then the Patriots-Rams on Thursday. So good slate of games coming up next week. Hopefully I take the lead on you. I don't want to be lo- losing in this anymore, uh, but be sure to keep on a, a lookout and keep us held accountable. But now let's get into our segments we can wrap up this episode, episode 18 of the Far End of the Bench podcast. So let's get into the beats of the week. I'm going to start. We talked about Navy-Army. Navy is a plus 225 underdog to beat Army, and it's a rivalry game, so you never know what's going to happen. It should be a slam dunk that Army wins, but that's a good underdog pick, especially for a rivalry weekend. No, I don't hate that at all. It's it's Both teams will be up for that 100%, so yep. that's going to be a good one. I'll, I'll stick with football then. Um, I'm going the Broncos to beat the Panthers plus 160. I think the Broncos team, like I said, if they play the same way they did last week and hold the Panthers to field goals and not touchdowns, I think the Broncos are able to win this game. Uh, so the, because of that, I'm taking the Broncos plus 160 on the road. Yeah, that's a good line for an underdog because uh, you you make a pretty good amount of money if you get it right, but you don't lose a ton if you exactly. Yeah. Uh, my next one, it's a football, but it's a award end of the year awards. Justin Jefferson is plus 600 to win Rookie of the Year. I think he could do it, depending on how his season ends. He's had a great year. Once they moved him from the slot to the outside, he's become something else. He's the, I think he um, just took over the second spot for the most yards by a rookie receiver in his first 12 games. So he's had a crazy year. Plus 600 is good odds for him. I don't hate that at all. My next one, man, I'm going to go out and hit at home. GCU plays Nevada on Friday. Um, this is a rematch of a few years back. I went to the game. The game was at the Suns Arena, and we just got absolutely murdered. Uh, Nevada is a, is a worse team now because both Martin twins are gone. They're back in the NBA, so they're not as good of a team, so they're lower ranked technically. But I expect them to be the favorite. The odds haven't come out yet Monday because this game's on Friday, so sometimes that happens with these lower-level college games. But I am predicting them to be the underdog, so in that, and so for that reason, I'm taking them to beat Nevada. I think we, I think we keep on staying undefeated, and we beat take down Nevada. Go Lopes! I'll, I'll get on the GCU bandwagon. I don't really have a divi- or a college basketball team, so I'll be a, a closeted. I'll make you a havoc. We'll turn you into yeah, a havoc. There we go. I can be a havoc. I can, I can drink and then yell stuff at the college basketball <laughs> games. That's fine. Uh, my next one is basketball as well. Looking at now the Bull Bull video and the R.J. Hampton oh, MPJ alley the Nuggets are plus eight hundred to win the Western Conference. Why not? Why, Why not, not this us? year? Why not this year? Why uh, not? Let's do it. Tim Connolly's made this team into a conference contender. Let's do it. Plus 800. Let's go Nubs. I love it. I love it. I'll stick with basketball then. Uh, Monty Williams for coach of the year. The Suns are going to be a playoff team. I think they're going to turn a lot of heads. Uh, Chris Paul addition is going to take DeAndre Ayton to the next level. And because of that, Monty Williams, in my opinion, should have made should have been arguably the coach of the year last year. The only reason why he wasn't that because they didn't make the playoffs because they um, went a They should the have. Yeah. should have, but they didn't. Um, but he's one of the best minded coaches in the NBA. It's unfortunate that he gets stuck in Phoenix, but now Phoenix has the right team. So I think he's able to push the Suns even to a five or six seed, in my opinion, and he gets coach of the year at plus 1,000. Yeah, shout out Garrett. I know you're happy about that. Go Suns, because uh, he, he, he lives out in Phoenix, so he's a huge Suns fan. Mm-hmm. Now let's go from something good to the worst of the week. Benchwarmer of the week, new segment we introduced a couple weeks ago. I'll start because it's going to make you happy. Tyreek Hill, another NFC or AFC West rival, is Benchwarmer of the week. He did make a crazy catch, but he didn't have the confidence in himself to say, hey, Andy Reid challenged this, I made that catch, and Andy Reid punted it before they could do anything about the replay. So 
for the lack of confidence in yourself, Tyreek Hill, and the fact that you're a garbage human being who likes to hit your wife and kid, you're a bench warmer of the week this week. Yeah, no, it's just ridiculous that he didn't even act like he caught the ball. He, I mean, he had the ball in his hand. He knew it was tipped. He, he had it hit his hands. He got tipped again, but the, you got to look around and act like you scored. You and do gotta, something. Yeah. Act like you did something. And that would have probably been looked at again. But the oh. fact that... Yeah. They had 10 seconds left on the shot or not shot clock. Wow, I'm thinking basketball already. <laughs> on the play clock, and they still punt it away is ridiculous. Uh, honorable mention, Travis Kelsey, for saying the wrong team in the postgame interview. That's just the – I don't know if you were on something or you just really weren't paying attention, but that was bad calling out the Raiders instead of the Broncos. Yeah, that's fair. Next game – or, sorry, next bench warmer for me. Um, it's easy. I'm going to kick a man when it's down. It's Greg Williams. You're, you're, you're an idiot. I, I shit on you when we when the Broncos and the Jets played each other um, because you were throwing people at the end of the game when Drew Locke was just tr- – or sorry, not Drew Locke. It was – was it Driscoll? Yeah. It was Jeff Driscoll was just throwing the ball no, out Rippin, of bounds. Rippin. Rippin, sorry. Rippin was just throwing the ball out of bounds, and you were calling for his head in just absolute dirty shots. You deserve to be fired. And the fact that you blitzed eight people – when all you had to do was sit six of them in the back of the end zone and make sure nothing goes past your second line of defense, asinine. Absolutely terrible. There's a reason why you just got fired. You don't deserve another coordinator job in the league. And that's saying a lot because I don't say that a lot about coordinators, but the fact that that pissed me off more than anything about yeah. the Broncos stuff, so that's why you're my bench over the week. He's the bounty gate defensive coordinator yep. in New Orleans too, so it's not like this isn't a pattern that he's had for a while. I don't disagree. He should probably uh... – not be allowed back into the league as a coach. Now, I don't think anyone on the Jets should be allowed to coach in the league anymore. <laughs> yeah, like I said it a couple of weeks ago, Bill O'Brien should be banned for a couple of years after what he did to the Texans. The Jets organization might have to take a couple of years off as yeah. well. Uh, now let's go play of the week. Uh, I'm going to stick with my Bengals because even, even though he was ejected, he did have the longest touchdown of his career, longest touchdown of the season for the Bengals, 72-yard screen that he took from Brandon Allen. Brandon Allen got a touchdown. He threw an interception and got benched, but... I'm sticking with the positive. Look at the bright side. We got some playmakers in Cincinnati on the offensive side. That's fair. I don't hate that at all. I'm going to have two honorable mentions because there's a lot of great plays this week, and I know neither of these two were on there for you, but my honorable mentions, one, the Henry Ruggs game-winning touchdown. I was really this close to picking it because I went after Greg Williams um, in the bench warm of the week. I won't put the Jets twice in uh, all my um, segments at the end of the show, so I'm not doing that. So, and the second honorable mention is the Timmy P. Toe Tap. Yeah. Tim Patrick, absolutely incredible. Good, absolutely good. incredible catch. Um, Drew Locke put it on a dime, that's for sure, and it was a great pass. But my play of the week, very unheard of, very unsound, known across the league, but Wisconsin, number four, was upset on Friday night by Marquette on a game-winning tippet. So if you want, I watched the last two minutes of that game. Marquette was down. Um, they came back, got to... They got to, they got fouled the end of the game. They got down to the line. Uh, they were down by one. They only had they had to make one to tie it. Two obviously to win. Made the first one. Second one misses the front end. One of the guys I, I can't name his name because I don't remember it. I didn't write it down like a dumbass. But on the side, sticks his hand up, tips it in with .8 seconds left on the shot on the shot or in the game. Excuse me. .8 seconds left in the game. Hit the game winner. Upset number fourteen in the country. Should be more. More big news in the world, but since there's football and there's so many other things going on, it's not. But number 14, Wisconsin goes down on a game winner, so that's got to be my play of the week. Yeah, I love tip-ins that finish the game. I had a couple of those that I called in basketball. I sent you them over the weekend. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, so much, tons of energy, tons of energy. So that was 
I get, I don't. I think you might win that one, especially because I picked a Bengals one. But that was that was a great play. Now, player of the week. I'm gonna go with an AFC West rival, unfortunately, but he did kind of lead the Raiders in their comeback. The fact that they had to come back against the Jets is weird, but they they did. Darren Waller, 13 receptions, 200 yards, and two touchdowns. He is a uh, crazy weapon at the tight end position. He's basically a receiver, but he can block a little bit. He's he's a total package tight end, but he's he's insane. No, I don't hate that at all because one of my fantasy leagues in the game that I had to win, I had Darren Waller, and he put up forty five points for me. So I don't hate it at all. I might vote for you just because he helped me win a fantasy football game. Thank you. I'll but but my player of the week, man, I, he should have been player of the week last week. But I'm basing this off of the game on Tuesday as well. But Luke Garza, thirty point game in the first half um, on on Saturday. And then he plays North Carolina on Tuesday, the day after recording this. So in my opinion, he's going to have another big game, another 30-point, 40-point game, and he's going to um, be my player of the week. The dude has been an absolute tear in college basketball, and he is going to be the Naismith player of the year and could be, by the end of the year, a top-five pick in the NBA draft. There you go. That's uh, going to wrap up the segments for this episode. We go, Be sure to vote in those polls, the play of the week and player of the week, on our Instagram stories. We have those each week, and we like to – Get your guys' opinions. Continue to go at us on social media. I had a couple guys go at me when I was live tweeting yesterday. I don't know if you did. Um, but follow us on social media at FEOTB Pod. We have a link tree in our bio for everything that goes on with the Far End of the Bench podcast. You can listen to us live on the Unhinged Sports Network Wednesdays from 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern. Uh, and stay, we have a special debut actually after us this week on the network. The Coach Steve Show, his first show on the Unhinged Sports Network, so shout out him. Stay tuned and, and get some more football knowledge. And before before we move on to that, man, we are going to give a quick shout-out to our high school football team. Yeah. Won a state title. I mean, see Coach Steve Show is the is the head coach in Nebraska, I believe? Or? I think so. Yeah, he's a high school head I, coach uh, somewhere in the Midwest. Yeah, somewhere sure. in the Midwest. So i got to give a quick shout-out to our high school team for winning the state title. Yep. Shout-out to Coach Logan. If you don't know who Dave Logan is, he's a former um, – NFL receiver, receiver for the for, Browns, yep, the Browns. Um, and he's one of the best high school coaches in the country, in my opinion. Uh, so shout out them real quick, and then one more quick shout out. It's a few weeks late, but shout out the Undertaker for retiring. Yeah, we I still watched wrestling a little bit. It's um, still real to me, the, damn it. The Undertaker is one of my favorite characters of all time. So shout out to you for retiring, but um, it's 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 it hits home because all my favorite wrestlers are now retired. So it's yeah, tough. Yeah, wrestling. I mean, I got pretty attached to some of the guys I watched. I loved Eddie Guerrero. It still brings, if I see some of the tribute videos to Eddie Guerrero, it still brings up uh, yeah. bad memories. So uh, be sure, if you're watching this on YouTube, subscribe, hit the notification bell, and then tell your friends to subscribe. Like the video as well so that we continue to, to grow on that platform. And thank you for subscribing on all the listening platforms, listening live on the network. We really appreciate all the support. We got big things planned for the end of this year and leading into next year. So you, you want to get on board now. Um, and keep rocking with us. Yeah, ho- hopefully this is a lot more uh, better for the listener and viewer watching this on YouTube. We did get a ring light, and I don't have a car light shining in my face yeah. like we did last week. So thanks, trying to make it little little things. Um, the money, some of the money from Fanatics, if you use the code, will be able to upgrade it even more. So yeah. with that, for Nico, myself, Jimmy Pilato, this has been Far End of the Bench, episode eighteen. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week. Peace. When the night is cold and lonely This is a dollar belpy was it the money that made me a savage? Popping them prices, I made it a habit. Towing them pistols and serving them addicts. That was exciting to me. I'm so excited to be. Started with nothing, we had to inspire the beat. I'm physically ahead of me. I'm getting to it. Feel like the man. I got the plan. I 
Fuck all the shooters, they out at the vent. Play with the squad, get piled like a slant. Pile like a perk, I'm going here. I'm going crazy, I'm that who's sticking up for nigga. Let that music, I look a slant. I'm in the kitchen, compressing the bird. Take out a nine and I sell it for money.